Well, hey there, folks. I'm Dave Holmes. Welcome to Troubled Waters, the show that treats popular culture as the most important kind of culture because it is the one keeping you rooted to the earth at this particular moment in history. Now, in the before times, we used to all be together. Troubled Waters would pit two teams of comedians against each other in a pop culture battle royale. But now that we're all living in bunkers and everyone on the show is recording from them, we're mixing things up just a little bit to keep things simple and so that Christian, our producer, can have a life that doesn't involve explaining mic setup to newbies. So here's the deal. Uh, we're all in our homes. To win this battle, we have two comics, and each of them will be called upon to use their smarts and their rhetorical skills, and maybe the college degrees are still paying off, to earn the title of Pundit Emeritus. The Pundit Emeritus title automatically gives a person's opinion on whatever kind of fuckery is going on on J.K. Rowling's Twitter account, more weight than a civilian's. So, let's meet our contestants. first contestant hosts the podcast call your girlfriend and her new book big friendship how we keep each other close will be out next month it's amina so hello hi thanks so much for having me thank you so much for being here where are you i am currently in east marion new york uh okay. it's a very long island nothing to complain about great how, how are you feeling on the eve of uh, of, of pub day okay you know a book is just a really big uh blog post so you know i i feel like it has appropriately been uh feted but it's also you know it's just work uh, <laughs> but it's exciting it's exciting amina too congratulations it is very exciting thank you so much best of luck our second contestant is a comic and he hosts the podcast views from the vista it's troubled water's favorite steve hernandez hello steve Great to be here, Dave. Your hair looks... You guys can't see this, but what a head of hair on Dave. I mean... Oh, I'm thank you so yeah, much. I'm telling you, if anybody... People don't understand this. I'm bald, but people don't understand it, how much you get away with in this life with a head of hair like that. I mean, I, I'd love to run my hands through that at one point, Dave. Talk to your talk to your partner about that if it's okay. Yeah. No, you okay. have my consent. You absolutely right. have my consent. And, and I mean, who is to say what the future holds? Because I haven't had a haircut since you know, February, this is, it's going to be a while before yeah, this well, it looks great. gets tamed. Thank you so much. I might be moving into my, my shaggy older guy years. It's my, time. My Graydon it's time. Carter era. Well, thank uh, you. Are you not trusting anyone in your quarantine bunker to cut your hair? Absolutely not. <laughs> it's just me and my partner and I don't want to put that kind of pressure on him. I really don't. And he, um, he's, he just cut his own hair because he doesn't want to put that pressure on me. <laughs> I don't want to put the pressure on either of us. Also, I've been looking for an excuse to like have, it's kind of a dream to have the awkward length in isolation. You know what I mean? It looks great. So thank you so much. <laughs> Again, that is all this show is. We just talked about my hair for 45 minutes. Uh, that is not true. Now that you've met our players, uh, it is time for each of them to see who has the better grasp of what matters this week. Pop culturally speaking, obviously there's a lot going down in the world. And we'll we'll get to it 
in a lighthearted way, perhaps later on. Um, but for now, you will each be given a chance to tell me what you think is the most important or tragically overlooked story or person or event of the last week or two. I mean, it too. Uh, what uh, what should we be paying attention to in the world right now? I know that sounds like a crazy thing to ask. Where does but... one even start? There, you know, yeah. I I am already feeling like I have a grasp of nothing this week, <laughs> so sure. I, uh, sure. you know, it's it's just it's going to be tough. One thing that I have just really been enjoying very quietly in my own corner of the internet are a lot of just. Uh, people who are actually doing things to uh, to make people feel good. And there is an Instagram account that I really enjoy called Black Men Smiling that is just mm-hmm. pictures of Black men smiling. Like it's not, you know, it, on its face, it's not like political. It's not about the news. It's not about the events of today. And still there is something so revolutionary and so political and so delightful about it. And I have really just been trying to consume uh, content and uh you know like taking pictures and art from things that make me feel a little bit disconnected from uh you know just how how much of a trash can fire the world can be so i've just really been quietly enjoying that instagram account and i cannot recommend it a minute to so playing for smiles i like it <laughs> i like it a lot uh steve fernandez uh what is your opposition to smiles you know, I I, uh, I also host a kind of a horny news podcast called The Male Gaze, and uh, mm-hmm. we talked a lot about police brutality and the reopening of California this week. But this story, if all of this wasn't going on, is something that would have been a real home run knockout of the park for us. Is uh, Spanish porn star Nacho Vidal, who likes to advertise oh his God. aromic candles shaped like male genitalia on Twitter has been arrested on manslaughter charges following a man's death during a mystic ritual in which he inhaled psychedelic toad venom. Read the uh, room, Nacho. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. Yeah. Steve Hernandez, where do you you come down on this story? Are you, uh, whose uh, side are you on? uh, I think I'm going to take Nacho's side. I don't know his views on a lot of things. They could be bad. But overall, I think if you're going to, take part in a psychedelic toad venom ritual that you're taking, you're taking chances, you're taking your life into your own hands. So he's not to be blamed for any of this. No, I think that's absolutely right. I myself have mushrooms in the fridge and it's like, and we're sort of waiting for the right moment, but like is a pandemic and economic shutdown and complete and utter chaos in the United States, the moment, I don't know that it is. I mean, if not now, when? Uh, when? That's true. That's actually kind of true. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad time to do it right now. As long as you got, as long as both of you are like emotionally open with each other, uh, you don't have any secrets from each other, and you've dealt with all these personal things, I I don't see, I think uh, there's no better time to touch the face of God than uh, right now. Oh, unfortunately, it's a house full of secrets. God damn it. Uh, so there we have it, folks. <laughs> Mina Two is playing for smiles. Steve Fernandez is playing for Nacho Vidal. Yes. Nacho Vidal versus smiles. I like them both at the same time, but only one can win. Let's start this show with a little roundup. We call punchline, please. So in this round, because we like to smile and we like to laugh, and it's important now more than ever, I'm going to be giving you the setups of jokes. I will be asking you for the punchlines. For this, we have gone... To the authoritative source. 
for this. All of the jokes come from the Ultimate Joke Encyclopedia, published by Guinness Publishing in 1986. This is the final word on all jokes. If you correctly guess the original punchline from the Ultimate Joke Encyclopedia in 1986, you get one point. If you give me a punchline, which I think is better than the original, you get two points. Uh, and because summer is finally upon us, even though we're stuck inside, all the jokes are under the theme of summer holidays. So buzz in with your buzz in words, at, uh, which are smiles and nacho. Here we go. Setup number one. Why will you never go... This is a tough one. Good Lord. Why will you never go hungry on a beach? Tons of sandwiches. <laughs> I will say you're very close. Amina, too, if you can get even closer. I was just going to make a dumb, like, sandbar reference, but I, you know, Ooh, I'm just like, like that too. this is 1986. Hit me. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> this is the punchline. What if it's about, like, Michael Dukakis or something? <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> um, because you can eat all the sandwich is there. Oh, all right. Uh, okay, okay. I thought it yeah. was going to be some real, like, very insidery 1986 thing. And I'm like, I can't, like, yeah, I'm too yeah. young for that. Referencing Rita Jenrette or whatever. Um, <laughs> you were very close, Steve Fernandez, so the point goes to you. Uh, setup number two, what is the best day to go to the beach? Sunday. Nacho Sunday. Sunday is correct. <laughs> and because you forgot to, to uh, ring in and then you did it later... You said Nacho Sunday, which sounds great. <laughs> Bam. I want to have a full Nacho Sunday. Mushroom Saturday, Nacho Sunday. Um, okay. What do you get when you cross a whale with a duckling? Sperm. No. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking about the joke. My head I was just letting my head go off. I was, I was, oh. <laughs> <laughs> just thought bubble of sperm. Yeah, yeah, I was just thinking about sperm um, for a minute. <laughs> The answer is Moby Duck. Oh, I don't want to talk about this round anymore. It's over now. And here are the scores. Nacho, five points. Smiles, two points. And now it is time for a round we're calling The Sound and the Fury. Here at Troubled Waters, we believe Black Lives Matter. Thank you. We support people who have raised their voices against generations of systemic discrimination in honor of those who are standing up against power. We decided to dedicate this next round to one of pop culture's favorite ways of saying fuck you to the man, the protest song. Now, our writers have scoured various internet lists of the best protest songs of all time, according to Rolling Stone, Paste Magazine, and Teen Vogue, who, don't roll your eyes, their list was way less whitewashed than the others. We're going to play you a series of clips from some of these iconic protest songs. And we're going to have you use your buzz in words to guess what you think the artist was protesting when they recorded it. Okay, protest song number one. You know we've got to find a way To bring some loving here today yeah. Okay, Marvin Gaye's What's Going On? In protest against what? Nacho. Was it the Vietnam War? It was the Vietnam War and police brutality, especially police brutality against anti-war protesters. Um, the co-writer Obi Benson of the Four Tops said uh, the uh, an incident with uh, with police brutality inspired a series of questions in him. What's happening here? One question led to another. Why are they sending kids so far away from their families overseas? Why are they attacking their own children in the streets? Um, okay, yeah, point to you, Steve Hernandez. Uh, protest song number two. The man the authorities came to play For something that he 
mean, is the answer once again police brutality? (laughs) It's uh, all of them. Nacho, it's the imprisonment of uh, that boxer, uh, Hurricane, uh, the false imprisonment of him. Yes. And and police brutality. Wow. Points to both of you. (laughs) Points to both of you. The more things change. Uh, Protest song number three. Hey. Says, this is MIA. Um, uh-huh. Man, it might be a stretch to call this one a protest song, but uh, it is definitely about um, violence against women in the global south. That is absolutely correct. It's MIA Bad Girls. At the end of that, okay, well, we'll recap the scores in a little bit. The tone of that one was a little, a little tricky, especially since I am literally so white, I am wearing a Wilco t-shirt. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's a good time to remind you Maximum Fund just made a massive donation to the uh, NAACP legal fund which is great we urge you to uh, to donate to Black Lives Matter via Act Blue uh, support black owned businesses support Reclaim the Block read White Fragility by Robin D'Angelo uh, our scores at the end of that round are oh my god Mina 2 it's a comeback She's got six points. Nacho's got eight. It's anybody's game. We're going to take a little break. We'll be right back when we're in trouble waters. Hi, I'm Renee Colvert. I'm Alexis Preston. And we're the hosts of the smash hit podcast, Can I Pet Your Dog? Now, Alexis. Yes. We got big news. Uh-oh. Since last we did a promo, our dogs have become famous. World famous. World, like, stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Second big news. Mm-hmm. The reviews are in. Mm-hmm. Take yourself to Apple Podcasts. You know what you're going to hear? We're happy. It's true. We're a delight. A great distraction from the world. I like that part a lot. So if that's what you guys are looking for, mm-hmm. you got to check out our show. But what else can they expect? We've got dog tech, dog news, celebrities with their dogs, all dog things. All the dog things. So if that interests you, well, get yourself on over to Maximum Fun every Tuesday. Friendly Fire is a podcast about war movies, but it's so much more than that. It's history. was just supposed to be another assignment. It's comedy. Under no circumstances are you to engage the enemy. It's cinema studies. It's a hell of a combination. So subscribe and download Friendly Fire on your podcatcher of choice. Or at MaximumFun.org. Hello and welcome to Trouble Waters again. I am your host, Dave Holmes, with us playing our Amina Tussauds and Steve Hernandez. Our next round is one we are calling Just the Tune of Us. It's our Father's Day episode, so we thought we would take a moment to celebrate the literal form of dad rock, musicians whose children went on to become musicians. Uh, in this game, we got a column of male musicians who have spawned bards of their own and a column of those offspring. You will select a clip from the first column and a clip from the second column. If they're a match, you get a point. If they don't match, the other team gets a chance to pick, and we'll go back and forth until all the matches have been made. It's like concentration. Uh, it's an audio game of memory. So there, it'll be uh, A through E and 1 through 5. So Amina 2, pick a, a letter from A through E and a number from 1 through 5. B4. B4. Let's hear it. Okay, so 
B was Bob Marley. Four was Will o. Smith. Not a match. Steve Hernandez. Let's do um, D1. D1. D. Unforgettable. That's what you are. Okay, D was Nat King Cole, number one. Unforgettable. The near or far. <laughs> okay. Steve, you have made a match. Yes. What are Nat- the and odds? Natalie Cole. Pardon me? I said, what are the odds on the first try? What are the odds on the very first try? That is beginner's luck. Uh, it is back to you, Amina, too. Um, letter C and uh, number four again. Letter C and number four. Let's hear letter C. Well, my daddy left home when I was three and he didn't leave much to Ma and me. Just this old guitar and an empty bottle of booze. Letter C, Johnny Cash will not be a match with number four, who's Willow Smith, who I would just love to hear again because I like to whip my hair back and forth. Okay, not a match. Steve, it is back to you. Let's do uh, A3. A3. Let's hear A. Just a little something to break the monotony of all that hardcore dance that has gotten to be a little bit out of control. It's cool to dance, but what about a groove that soothes and moves romance? A is, of course, Will Smith. <laughs> Amina 2 has got notions on what she's going to do in the next round. Uh, number three, let's hear it. Ah, number three, The Wallflowers featuring Jacob Dylan. Not a match. Back to you, Amina, too. All right. A4 is obviously a match. A4. We know it's a match, but let's hear it anyway, because it is the summertime. <laughs> Back in Philly, we be out in the park. A place called the Plateau is where everybody go. Guys out hunting and girls doing likewise. Parks. Remember parks? That feels like a terrible tease. Uh, of course, number four. Do it. Do it. Whip your hair. Uh, okay, back to you, Steve Hernandez. Let's say C2. C2. Great. Let's hear C. Now, I don't blame him because he run and hid, but the meanest thing that he ever did. As we remember, that was Johnny Cash. Uh, number two. Tell me you're trying to kill a seven-year-old. See what else your old heart can take. Seven-year ache. By Roseanne Cash. It is a match. Amina 2. Um, can we hear E, please? And uh, E5? E5. Let's hear E. Hey, hey, Woody Guthrie, I wrote you a song. About a funny old world that's coming along. E is Bob Dylan before he was deeply unpleasant to listen to. Uh, now let's hear number five. Number five is Ziggy Marley. All right, Steve Hernandez. Let's go um, B5. B5. Now 
solitary number five. All my days I've been searching to find out what this life is worth. Okay, B5, Bob and Ziggy Marley. Okay, good. Okay, there are two left. I will sadly say that I did not write them down, so I'm going to fuck up the combo. <laughs> but definitely uh, Bob Dylan and Jacob Dylan. Um, <laughs> three, yes! Two points for just cutting right to the chase and also not making me have to listen to the wallflowers again. I had a half a, I had a half a weed gummy earlier. I will not lie to you. I did not come to this podcast with a pen and paper. Um, it's okay. <laughs> It is absolutely okay. You are absolutely correct. Let's recap those scores. Christian Duenas. Okay. Oh, Nacho's got 11. Smiles has nine. Uh, what kind of weed gummy? What uh, what dosage are we talking? What flavor? What? Uh... Very small because I'm a professional who still had to show up today. So um, <laughs> the, the, day, the, the daytime gummy is a three milligram. It's a very small, um, you know, it's fine. <laughs> I think that's I think that's very wise. My partner and I have taken long walks all the time, so yeah, we'll just do a little bit. Everything they've just figured it out so well. Everything is so smooth. I remember with edibles before, if you took the bite of the wrong thing, your week was screwed up. But now everything mm-hmm. is just so smooth. They're pretty yes. right on the dosage. You take the right amount of it, and uh, you just mellowed out. You just feel great. Yeah, also, uh, truly, it's like there's mellow. nowhere. There's nowhere to be. It's like all day. What else are you gonna do? Um, a uh, a company called Mellow sent me a product called Mellow Bottoms, which is, and I'm not making this up, uh, a package of CBD suppositories. That is too far. That is too far. That's much too far. That Uh, is too far. That's too far in the wrong direction. Yeah, uh, like if you're gonna like do a suppository, it has to be a THC first of all. Like, for sure. Well, absolutely not. CBD is snake oil, and we all know it. Uh, now it is time for a game we're calling Smothered and Covered. Uh, this episode, we're we're really giving it to you today. This episode is being recorded the day after the two year anniversary of Anthony Bourdain's death, uh, at a time when, <laughs> yeah. Writers were just like, let's run with the grimness of this moment. Um, at a time when uh, division is running rampant, it's a good time to remind us all about the unifying and healing power of food. Uh, this round is inspired by the following clip of Bourdain talking about the simple beauty and joy of one of the finest eating establishments on planet Earth, the Waffle House. It is indeed marvelous. An irony-free zone where everything is beautiful and nothing hurts. Where everybody, regardless of race, creed, color, or degree of inebriation, is welcomed. Its warm yellow glow, a beacon of hope and salvation, inviting the hungry, the lost, the seriously hammered, all across the South to come inside. A place of safety and nourishment. Okay, so for our final round in this game, I challenge you to take another institution of casual dining, your your comfort food friend in low places, and uh, and give it the same sort of glowing praise and gravitas that the late Bourdain gave to the Waffle House. It doesn't have to be a chain. It can be a, a restaurant from your hometown. It can be your favorite uh, favorite brand of frozen pizza. It could be uh, it could be flaming hot smart food, which I've just discovered. It can be a, a beverage you enjoy cracking open on a warm summer day. You'll be awarded points for the grandeur and dignity you bring to your selection, and especially if you 
make me end the recording today by desperately craving some to put in my face right now. And before we go any further, I should just tell you, I am seven hours into a three-day juice fast, and I'm already so fucking hungry and crabby. Like, even just hearing that shit, I thought I was going to fall out. If you put me in a Ralph's right now, I would spend my entire savings. The world is falling any. apart. Why is this the time for a juice fast? I don't. I don't know. I fucking. I'm gonna, I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know what I was thinking. But we've done it. I just had my second green juice of the day, and I want to fucking jump out into traffic. Uh, so, what a great time for you each to take two minutes and tell me about your favorite shitty food in a way that's going to make me ravenous. Um, because you're in the lead, Steve. Let's hear it. One of my absolute favorite things, uh, and everybody knows this about me if you follow me on social media, I absolutely love an ice-cold Gatorade Zero. Uh, Gatorade, to me, there is nothing like, uh, to me, it reminds me of youth at a time before we knew that Gatorade was bad for you, Uh, but it's the perfect mixture of sweet and salty. Uh, If you're a sober person, to me, it's like the finest cocktail on a hot evening. Uh, I like to crack one open. And you you may have noticed, I said zero. There are zero calories in this, folks. So you can do it what? guilt-free. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, to be fair, too, as much as I love Gatorade Zero, and it is my brand, I buy four every time we go grocery shopping. And then I spread it out throughout the week. Sometimes I'll have just a couple of sips before bedtime, just, just to remember what I'm living for. But if you really want to go like fuel heavy, uh, and this is like, uh, I don't drink alcohol, but if I go to a party, I'll get a, I don't know if you've had a uh, cucumber Gatorade, but uh, it's no. absolutely worth the 150 calories, but it's it, it's a hangover, one of the, the best hangover things you'll ever have. Uh, it, it's like a mocktail without being a mocktail, and it's available at every 7-Eleven around you. So. Please, I, I implore you, get a Gatorade Zero, but if you want to go heavy, you must try the cucumber Gatorade. It's one of the most delicious things you'll ever have. May I ask your your favorite flavor of Gatorade Zero? Do they do I, it like where it's like Glacier Excitement or... I don't know what this one is called, but there's a... Um, there's It's like a fruit punch. It's pink. It's more pink mm. than red. Um, okay. So, so there's that one. If they, they're not in sale, a lot of times Powerade, Zero, also an amazing um, thing. Those are usually 88 cents. So I'll buy four of those. And, you know, when my girl's having a glass of wine or a margarita, I'll just pop one open. And honestly, it feels like a real treat. Wow. Okay. I was convinced by the end of it, to be honest with you. You really started at a disadvantage. With a Gatorade, Zero? Yeah. I mean, when was the last time you had a Gatorade, Dave? It's been... It's been a while. I'm I'm type one diabetic, so that shit is poison to me. So I have to the, like does dose the zero before the zero makes it okay, right? Does it? I don't know. I don't know. I haven't had it because I I just kind of steer clear of that kind of thing. You're not a you're not a fat guy, but I will tell you, there's nothing Damn. fat guys like more than like a a diet energy drink to sit around and watch yeah. TV or yeah. <laughs> diet Gatorade. So diet uh, Gatorade. anything diet. Fat fat guys just love. And I'm speaking for all fat guys of every race, creed, and uh, yeah, class structure. So I have to get into it. <laughs> Amina, too. What is your disgusting food or bev of choice? You know, 
I I just take issue with the word disgusting, honestly, because <laughs> it, you know, uh, different strokes for different folks. I sure. just want to make a humble plea for the Cajun style French fry at Five Guys. Um, <gasps> it is it is a humble food. It is there is no braggadocio there. There is no pretension. There is only goodness. Um, and Five Guys as a franchise is mostly owned by basketball players, which is how you know it's good because basketball players are our best, are best athletes. That is just a fact. I don't make the rules. That is just a fact. Um, also, who are the Five Guys? Who knows? Who cares? They make the best fucking food. The Cajun fry French fry is um, twice or thrice fried, I believe, which is the which is the way that you should do a French fry. It is not soggy. There's this amazing Cajun blend that is like sprinkled throughout. I don't even know what it is. It's probably a state secret, um, which mm -hmm. only makes it better because who doesn't love an exclusive blend of food? But <laughs> the other thing about this French fry is that it is a vehicle for any kind of condiment that you like to use with it. I think that ketchup is fine as a condiment for French fries. Um, I myself have been known to eat my french fries with uh, mayonnaise because, uh, you know, shout out to the European roots that we all have. This french fry and mayonnaise go so well together. Um, if you want to be a little countercultural and like dip it in some barbecue sauce, also fucking excellent. And you know, like Five Guys is just, it's a, it's a lovely establishment. You walk in, they like give you free peanuts. It is not a place to go into if you have a peanut allergy or are anywhere <laughs> for someone who is susceptible to peanuts. It's like, how does a restaurant get away with this? But anyway, the peanuts are there, they're free. It's hearty and it's fatty and it is comfort. And, uh, you know, couldn't, couldn't have come from nicer guys than the Five Guys. Um, and also, if french fries are not your jam, the burgers there are iconic. You should a thousand percent get them. You like to either get one or two patties, which is lovely. But also, I want to make a plug for the milkshakes. So really, Five Guys is a full-service establishment. What are you trying to whatever do Whatever your advice is, what are you whatever your advice is, you're going to walk into. But it tastes like home. It feels like home. The world is literally falling apart. You know how like all those Republicans are out there fighting to, to get a haircut and they're carrying their guns around? If we have to do this for two more weeks, I will join them on the streets, but just so I can go to a Five Guys. Oh, my God. God. So this is the point where I would like pretend to be like tallying up the points, but it's like a, a diet <laughs> action beverage versus everything I love. Well, about 30 we're seconds. Talking yeah. we're, we're talking French fries. We're talking, we're talking Cajun spices. We're talking, we're, we're, we are telling the truth about dipping French fries and mayonnaise on today's show, America. It's good. We're talking about fucking five guys. Once again, I'm seven hours into a three day thing and I'm already ready to kill my own dog and eat him amina too <laughs> i wouldn't i wouldn't of course not amina too you're our winner because that uh, that round was for uh 11 000 points congratulations god damn it all right let's talk about the five guys burger what do you get on it i just go plain meat and cheese oh my god so i get one patty obviously the small burger and i am a you know it's it's a controversial order because you know just like european people and burgers were weird but I get lettuce and raw onions and also just barbecue sauce on my burger. Oh, that fuck. is the order. Oh, fuck. I don't even know and why the lettuce, that the only made everything so worse. The lettuce is so good. The lettuce is so God good there. 
I'm telling you. God damn it. Okay. Well, I know exactly what's happening first thing Friday morning. Um, I'm going to throw a chair through the window of a five guys. <laughs> just <laughs> fucking get that fryer going. I'll clean up after myself. I'm just going to get the thing started so that when the staff shows up, it's ready to go. Uh, okay. Now, uh, congratulations, Amina, too. Good work anyway, Steve Hernandez. Uh, now we're going to plug what we're doing and then to offset the ego karma, elevate something else that you want the world to know about Amina too. Ooh, uh, well, my plug is obviously that I'm selling a book right now. Uh, yep. <laughs> it's called Big Friendship. It, uh, it's a memoir about my friendship with my best friend and collaborator, Anne Friedman. And it also has a lot of really smart social science and expert interviews on why friendship is so important. It's a relationship everyone talks about, but it's not really, um, you know, in a society in which we really take, uh, we, we talk a lot about romantic relationships. We don't really elevate the conversation on friendship and in general around okay. platonic bonds. And so if you have a friend that you care about and you feel frustrated about the fact that there's not really a, you know, a paperwork way or like a policy way or a society way to shout about them on rooftops, this is a hundred percent the book for you. Um, a thing that I would like to elevate is I really want to encourage everyone, even in this moment where, you know, like money is really tight and, uh, you know, a lot of things are really uncertain. A lot of things are really uncertain to really kind of take stock of if you can afford it, what is your strategy for giving money right now? Because there's so many organizations and places and people who need the support. And so I'm not talking like, you know, like if you're a rich person, please give all your money because being rich is very corny right now. But if you are a regular civilian like me, um, I'm just like telling everyone to really look into like where you are making recurring donations. So I um, I'm a supporter of the Brooklyn Bail Fund and it's an organization I love and the work that they do right now is super important. Um, all you have to do is look up your own state or your own city plus bail fund and see if you can pitch in if you're someone who cares about, um, you know, particularly about the police brutality that's happening right now. So mm -hmm. that's my plug. You can write a protest song or much easier, make a donation. Right. Or get your dad to be a cool rocker and then you <laughs> can be, uh, you be the offspring of a cool rock and roll dad. Perfect. Thank you. Steve Hernandez. Um, I guess... Um... Mine is a, there's an Instagram account if you're in the Los Angeles area called In This Together uh, LA. There's a lower, there's a lower dash in between In This Together and LA. But they just talk about, um, it's a simple Instagram account that tells you where all the protests are for the day. There's usually like mm -hmm. 15 or, you know, 15 or 16 of them. It says the times and the locations. But if, <clears throat> if you're comfortable and enough to go to, um, a protest. I really encourage it. I, I never had been to one before. Um, I didn't go expecting to feel good about anything. I just went to use my body. Um, and once I got that, it, it really was amazing how, uh, how cathartic it was. And even to say the names of the, the people who've been killed because of br police brutality was powerful. So it doesn't seem like much, or I don't know if people are, Maybe they've never done it before. They feel uncomfortable. They think they might feel stupid or something like that. But uh, anytime I've gone, um, I've just felt really amazing. And at one, and you see all these different races and uh, different ages and genders. And uh, it, it just really makes you feel like a part of humanity. And uh, so if you are able to, 
um, to, to go out to a protest. And there's so many different kinds of them to find this uh, in this together. L.A. is there, especially if you're in L.A., but just get out there um, and, and let your body count for something. You, it, it's worth it. All right. Thank you, Steve. And don't forget, plug plug your own things. Oh, yeah. You're so selfless. Uh, I have a movie podcast called Views from the Vista. I have a horny mm-hmm. news podcast called The Male Gaze. And then my religion ethics podcast mm-hmm. with Amy Miller is called Who's Your God? Steve Aminatou, thank you so much for being on Troubled Waters. You there with the headphones. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to Troubled Waters with me, Dave Holmes, playing with Steve Hernandez. Oh. <laughs> Just yell something. Uh, yeah, if you want they, to. Hey, thanks for having me, Dave. That was a great time. Sure, no, I mean, you could just go, whatever. Do whatever. <laughs> Vocalize in whatever may, way makes you feel comfortable. And Amina Tussauds. Thanks for having me today. Sure. Sure. Thank you. Our theme music is <laughs> USA versus White Noise by Lady Tron. Thanks to them for letting us use it. The script was written by Riley Silverman and John Luke Roberts, and our producers are Christian Duenas and Laura Swisher. And we love you. Bye. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.